listening to Cocktails and Confessions. <laughs> so today we are joined by Kelly of the Pleasure Rebels podcast. Hello, everybody. Hello, Kelly. Welcome. Hi. I'm so happy to be here. Oh, thank you for coming. No problem. Thank you for coming. Now, you're going to be in my hot seat. Yes, I know. <laughs> I've just put you through it and now I'm scared of what's coming my way. I'm getting my revenge. <laughs> Uh, I think I feel like I said things on your show that I wouldn't even always say on this one. Oh, oh my god. god! What else is there that you wouldn't say? <laughs> well, you're gonna have to get it out of me now and see what see what I can say. Yes. Right. So why don't we start with why don't you tell us a bit about your condition, which is spinal muscular atrophy type three. Yes, type three. Yeah, I'm, I'm su- like I'm surprised that you got that right on the first go because people find that hard to say. Even doctors, surprisingly, sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> it's a mouthful. It is. So I have spinal muscular atrophy type three, which some people call SMA. Um, it means that I use an electric wheelchair on a daily basis. I it's a progressive condition. Um, so I was diagnosed when I was two or three. Um, when my grandparents actually noticed that I was starting to walk on the side of my foot so they had that checked out and my brother also has the same condition he was born around that time so we were both checked out together my mum can't even remember who was diagnosed first at this point (laughs) but yeah so I was able to walk until I was about 11 or 12 Um, going into high school it was a lot harder because obviously it's a bit bigger you know you're walking from to different classes rather than just being in one classroom all day so I started to rely on a wheelchair more then um, but tried to keep my independence at home but unfortunately as you grow and like your body meets milestones like puberty or pregnancy there can be big changes to the condition in terms of progression so I think my conditions probably progressed the most when I've had my two sons. So I can't walk anymore. I can stand to transfer. But it's something I'm working on at the moment. I'm actually on a a treatment for my condition. They're not sure what's going to happen because it's kind of different with everybody. But yeah, it's something that I'm looking to work on and and hopefully get that bit of mobility back. But it's not a guarantee. Um, So yeah, I've been a, a full time wheelchair user since I was probably... 12, 13, really, out and about. Well, I wish you all the best with that. Is it a trial? No, it's actually been trialled. But it's actually approved now for use in the UK. Um, But the reason that you can't really know what to expect is because every person with SMA is completely different. Different, yeah. Yeah, and in terms of progression and in terms of whether it affects more like upper mobility and things like that. Um, Like, for example, me and my brother have got exactly the same condition, the same type, but we couldn't be further apart, you know, in personality, but also in our disability. Um, He's never walked, but, you know, it's one of those things we... He could try the drug and could get amazing results, but I could get no progression with my condition, but no real changes either. So it's it's kind of a wait and see thing, right. and it's not a nice procedure either. Um, it's like a spinal a spinal bone punch, and they Ooh, take oh your God. spinal fluid out. Yes, yeah, so it's pretty brutal, and you're awake while you're having that done as well, which is never fun. So. Wow. It's a big undertaking, definitely. But if it stops progression, then that's the end goal, really. Yeah, well, obviously, keep us updated about that. I will, for sure. And you said your the biggest change in your condition was when you had your kids. Yeah. So is that when what what was the biggest change after the after the pregnancies? I think like 
obviously recovery. I had a C-section with both kids. So recovery in terms of being able to stand, like you spend a lot of time kind of hunched over and not in your normal standing position anyway. So I kind of lost that a little bit. And and like just lack of mobility towards the end of pregnancy, your muscles do start to deteriorate. And things like, you know, they tell you not to do any sort of heavy duty lifting, any driving. It's kind of a change to your general mobility. So I think that's like eight or 12 weeks that you're not really to do anything major. Um, So it just had that effect. And obviously the body goes through such change that it does just knock other things so like, like the hormonal fatigue. changes and stuff can trigger things off or? yeah that's it and that's why it happens during like puberty and things like yeah. that as well because there's so much going on with your body like other things tend to suffer in terms of your progression um but obviously you know it was worth it to, to have my kids and i'm working on other stuff now so fingers crossed for that and how would you say that it kind of ties in? Oh, I'm like, am I quiet today for <laughs> <Did> once? <laughs> how would you say it ties in with the Pleasure Rebels? Because the podcast is all about kind of giving a voice to people who are a more of a minority. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, you got some, you got some senior sex in there. You've oh got yes, some, we some, got that going on. Some kinky, some kinky old people, maybe. <laughs> kinky everybody we've got like hopefully i'm learning a lot whilst i've been host of this show i but can imagine was i the most vanilla person you had on? definitely not <laughs> okay. definitely not you're like you're like tell me how was i how was i yeah. <laughs> no it was an amazing episode i really enjoyed it but no the pleasure rebels so i always say when i speak to people about it that it feels like natural progression because i sort of spoke to you anthony a little bit about it um in the last show but my family growing up weren't open sexually. I was kind of a black sheep in the way that I would put myself in danger to pursue sex. And, you know, I think a lot of people do that and make a lot of mistakes. So I feel like doing that and making those stories has kind of led me to my final calling, which is to talk about sex and to hopefully educate, but also learn about other people's sex and, mm. and you know, see what I can find out and, and sort of explore it that way. But it is interesting listening to people who you wouldn't hear normally at like bottomless brunch. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> it is because we hear like the stories of people who are our friends and it gets it's obviously great that we can relate to each other, but it does yeah. get so samey. And this is I think what part of the argument is with diversity in general, is that we just get tired of hearing these same stories over and over again. Definitely. And, you know, there's there's something to be said from <laughs> hearing other people's experiences and like how you can bring that into your own mm. sex life or relationships as well. And it, it's definitely food for thought. Every person I've spoken to, I've either learned something or felt something and, you know, thought about it after recording the show. It's not just like you have that chat and then it's kind of over. It, it's it's definitely educational, but also interesting take some little pearls of wisdom definitely you've got to do you think your your podcast helps dispel a lot of misconceptions about different kinds of sex life for different kinds of people definitely i think the thing is you know with me being a wheelchair user that's the main one i try to tackle that Mm. sort of misconception or stigma because wheelchair users are viewed often as asexual yeah and it's something that we're definitely not well most of us anyway you know wheelchair users are people and 
people tend to like sex. Um, (laughs) So, you know, it's one of those things like I just want to get it out there that all these types of people have sex and they all have different sex and they all have interesting sex and everybody can experience pleasure. So I think just in, in hosting the show with all different types of people, I hope to put that to bed that, you know, people are sexual and people enjoy sex and let's hear more about pleasure for everybody. Yeah, that's great. Because I feel like a lot of time, especially with when it comes to the arena of disability, there's not even so much misconceptions as it is like they're kind of just generally left out of the conversation. Yeah, totally. You don't really hear stories of disabled people. I mean, they're starting to come to light. Like there's the Netflix show special. Yes, yeah. um, Which I really enjoy, especially because they had that really great scene where the guy went and lost his virginity of his own choice and accords mm-hmm. to a sex worker, mm-hmm. which I thought was really powerful. It was just like yeah. someone taking control of their sexuality. You said like disabled people enjoy sex like everyone else enjoys sex. So it was great to see it presented that way. Definitely. And I think, you know, there's a another show on Netflix, Bad Education, that's obviously quite sex positive. Um, and they have a, a character that's in a chair as well. And, and that particular character he's an asshole and you know that's the point yeah disabled people yeah. can be assholes and totally, they yeah. can fuck people over and they can have casual sex and i think that if disability and sex is mentioned in mainstream media it's very medical yeah or it's mm. very like oh look at these wheelchair users all in their pants don't they look nice but that's not the point yeah you don't it want to be patronized be you want actual representation yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. and that's another thing you know it's juvenilized as well people have come up to me as a 30 year old woman and said have you ever kissed anyone before and it's like wow i can't believe you just asked me that question right. how do you what do you do when people ask a question like that do you come from a place yeah, of like a non- on a dick last <laughs> night <laughs> <laughs> see i need to take a lever of your book because i am so like I am so uh, polite and innocent sometimes. I would just take it completely the other way, and I'd be like, "Okay, fine. You you want to? Are we? Are we making people feel uncomfortable today?" Yeah. I'd be like, "Oh, I've literally just come from a boo khaki. I think it's still in my hair. Yeah. <laughs> I don't kiss, but I do let people jizz on my tits. So. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. I need, I need to do that next time because it happens a lot. Like these sort of things. Um, Honestly, if you did it and you filmed it, you would go viral on TikTok like overnight. <laughs> we should do. I, I still haven't got TikTok either. Everybody that. I speak to on the show is like you need to get TikTok and I was like I, I don't think like I'd like it but everyone's saying how good it is I need to start it's so this. good this. and I feel like TikTok is so like pro disability if that yeah. makes yeah, sense yeah there's an amazing blind creator on TikTok called Lucy Edwards who makes shorts that are like you know how like people would ask a stupid question basically yeah. like have you ever kissed someone or something like that and it would be things like how does a blind girl light a candle how does a blind girl oh I know that girl to... yeah and she's like she's She's been around for a long time, but on TikTok, it suddenly took off because she said, no question is too stupid. I want people to just be as open as possible. Ask the dumbest question you can think of and I will address it. And I think that kind of like really open dialogue is really helpful. Yeah. Because I think sometimes, I mean, the woman that asked you if you've ever kissed someone notwithstanding, there is a there is a fear sometimes of asking questions around disability. Definitely. And that's like the line, isn't it? It's like that's where I sit on the fence with the whole conversation because I don't want people to be so scared to speak to me because they might say something awkward because unless you say something downright offensive, I don't think that I'm going to be that bothered. And, you know, it's an opportunity to educate someone. But then at the same time, 
I don't want to go over the road and get a pint of milk and be told that I'm inspirational because yeah. I'm just there <laughs> in my like I'm hungover trying to buy oh. milk. Please don't talk to me. <laughs> <laughs> Not the inspirational pint of milk run. <laughs> I know. I do it every day. Actually, yeah. I don't go to the shop anymore because I'm lazy now and Josh goes for me, but still. <laughs> we get that during Pride Month as well. Oh, you've struggled so hard to be you coming into this Pizza Express. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so talking about sex. Yes. Um, you asked me about my first time. I want to know about your go. first time. Yeah. Okay, my first time. Oh gosh, yeah. It. I think we spoke about it a little bit, but I definitely felt pressure. Um, because as a a wheelchair user from a young age, I was always made to feel like I was asexual. Um, but also like that I wouldn't be attractive or nobody would want to have sex with me and like that's important I feel as like a teenager growing up like you're kind of worried about the way you appear to other people and fitting in and all that sort of thing so I was kind of determined I was on like a little mission that I was going to sort of put myself out there and and have sex with someone just kind of for the sake of it and with someone outside of school as well because you know if you go with someone outside of school like that makes you cooler doesn't it because nobody knows who they are um (laughs) But I definitely regret it because I don't think, you know, it's because I wanted it to be like rose petals on the bed or anything like that. I think it's just because I'm kind of annoyed with myself that I thought that I had to do that to prove that I was a sexual person. Mm, Yeah, yeah, so it's a tricky one. I've got like bad feelings towards it. I kind of try and wipe it out of my memory a little bit. Well, you know, all of these experiences, as bad as some of them are, they do, like, contribute to who we are and the lessons that we take away from things. Definitely. When I lost my virginity, the guy literally said while he was inside me, I'm not looking for a boyfriend. Wow. (laughs) Wow. And I've never forgotten that. And I just remember being like, okay, I just came to get fucked. (laughs) (laughs) Does it make you, like, paranoid about your, your hull? No, I just think he thought I was falling in love with him at the time, but I must just give a really good, like, intense shag. (laughs) (laughs) But now I live, like, I live almost across the road from his old apartment. So every time I go to Tesco, I'm literally like, oh, that's where I lost my virginity. Oh, wow. Oh, no. On a leather sofa to a Texan. Oh, God, you know, leather sofas for sex aren't the one either, are they? It's like a slip and slide after a while. (laughs) It's a bit clammy. (laughs) To a Texan as well. I know. (laughs) Karma got him, he went bald, so. (laughs) So obviously you're in a relationship now with your current partner. How long have you guys been together? We've been together for almost two years now. And what's his name? Josh. Josh. He's definitely not in the room. Not in the room. (laughs) Sorry, how long have you been together? Two years. Two years. Yeah, around two years nearly. I really thought it was going to be longer. Because we have a (laughs) one-year-old. Just got straight on it. Yeah, yeah, that's Tinder. Don't swipe, guys. It's bad. (laughs) You'll end up pregnant. Yeah. Yeah. literally five weeks like that that is not a joke even that's true like obviously we weren't planning that like it, it just happened but five weeks and a baby and three lockdowns later and we're still here so there's something to be said for that anyway mm. wow this is quite the whirlwind relationship yeah definitely quarantine whirlwind it is um so five weeks three lockdown and uh, three lockdowns and how many babies now well i've got, we've got two. 
Um, so I had a son already from a previous okay. relationship. So yeah, Mason is uh, three and a half, and then Hunter has just gone one. So yeah, it's not only obviously one baby, but it's it's co-parenting with me yeah. on my eldest son, which is arguably the trickiest part because he's going through like a teenage stage. He is like going through <laughs> it at the moment. So yeah, it's an intense household for sure. <laughs> Lots of sticky magazines about the place. <laughs> yeah, well, just lots of like I think him throwing himself on the floor and crying and that's not Mason that's Josh <laughs> so how old are they three so three, three and, and a half and one. Oh. <laughs> when you said sticky magazines I was like it's a three year old oh <laughs> yeah oh I get you that oh my god I just thought <laughs> it's because you said teenage stage I think that was a miscommunication I, I completely get what you mean <laughs> I just thought, well, yeah, toddlers are sticky. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay, I completely get that. No, he's not quite there yet, but no. literally we are uh, we are worried about that, obviously, because we're going to have two teenage boys in our house at one stage, and I don't think anybody wants that. So. Oh, God, yeah. I spend a fortune on Asterix. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> so how did you guys meet? Did you meet on Tinder? Yeah, on Tinder, yeah. yeah. I literally, I wasn't looking for anything serious at the time. Um, but Josh was a nice guy. I always say this, but he was like caring. And like, at first I thought, well, that's not what I'm looking for. So, you know, I wasn't. <laughs> You're looking for like a nasty boy. Yeah, I think I was like looking for a bad boy stage um, or like. I don't know, just to have some fun because obviously I'd been in a serious relationship prior. But obviously Josh, like, being so caring and being there for me, like, when things were a bit difficult, yeah, we just, we met on a pub car park to make sure neither of us were a catfish. That wasn't the date, don't oh, worry. Oh, <laughs> Launchy. Yeah, I know. And then we we arranged a lunch break hooker Friday. And then I think, yeah, we saw each other Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And then you helped me pack my bag for a work trip. So it was, uh, yeah, it was definitely a whirlwind romance. That's what sealed the deal, was it? The help with the packing. packing yeah. Stuffing it in. Got definitely. A, got to love a man that can fold. <laughs> well, honestly, yes. It's like, it's bonus points because I hate doing that stuff. So. Yeah. Well, yeah, of course, it's like manual labour. Mm, <laughs> definitely. And trying to get it all to fit in like a snazzy little case as well. It just isn't <laughs> happening if I'm doing it. So what is it like on dating apps and stuff as a wheelchair user? Do you have pictures where you can kind of see your chair or is it something that you have to have a conversation about? Yeah, so like when I was younger, before I was in like a long-term relationship, I rarely disclosed my disability, but I don't think it was like dating apps as they are now. It was like more like chat and like getting to know people. Um, so I always tried to bring that up in conversation, but I always found that actually harder because it's like, when's the right time to have that conversation? Mm, yeah. Are you leading somebody on if you don't disclose that you're a wheelchair user? It's like a point that's out for debate quite a lot. But, you know, when I had my Tinder spell, I just thought, fuck it. And I just put a picture of me in my chair as the main picture because I thought I, I'd been on like previous apps where you have like a few pictures and like I'd put it like three in or something but then I was always like well did they see it do we need to have that conversation was it obvious so I just thought you know what main picture and I actually had like a lot of look like 
I wasn't expecting it because I didn't know what people's attitudes were about disability and sex because I think I'd been out of the game for so long. Right. I was just kind of like, I don't think, I don't know if I'll get many likes or, you know, matches or whatever. But I did, I got a lot and I, I was happy with that because it's shown to me that attitudes have shifted a little bit yeah. and people are a bit more progressive than they were when I was growing up because I was always made to feel like being disabled was bad and it was something that people would see as like something that wasn't attractive mm. um but I feel like now I can embrace it as part of my personality and the way I am like almost like a fashion accessory if that sounds weird yeah. it's just like my little quirk if you know what I mean it's part of the brand yeah exactly yeah. and I make a living out of it now so that's good <laughs> get yours <laughs> yeah exactly go for it um when it comes to so you had a lot of matches on Tinder, which is amazing. Did you encounter any kind of like, and I'm going to struggle to say this because I'll, I'll get lispy, fetish, fetishization at all? No, I've never come. We call them devotees um, for wheelchair. <laughs> that is, that's what they're called for wheelchair users. And I've never had a major devotee encounter. And it's something that I've always wanted to experience because there's this conversation in... I suppose, the disabled community about whether devotees are good or bad because mm. some people would like that kind of attention. Some people wouldn't. Some devotees can be like bad apples, whereas some of them are just genuinely attracted to people in wheelchairs. So is that really mm. different to somebody being attracted to somebody with, I don't know, brown hair or glasses? Yeah. Or It's a physical characteristic, right? So like I've never seen them as bad like once I did get my pictures used on a devotee site um, oh. somebody stole my pictures and I were charging $50 for membership to look at my pictures oh. which really annoyed me because I wanted the $50 <laughs> and I never got it <laughs> was this pre-only fans well yeah this is yeah this was pre-only fans but they but were hold on it was just a picture of you um, so I, no it was in underwear but I did huh. some pictures like that before for like different marketing campaigns and stuff um, I was just a young girl yeah I didn't know <laughs> what I was getting myself into no um, but yeah they they were talking to these people as me somebody sent me a link Ooh. and it was like a Facebook group for devotees um, and this person who was me was replying to them and saying like I only talk on the site sign up here and I was like what the hell like this isn't right robbing you of a gold mine I know well that's what I mean you're right <laughs> more than 50 quid exactly I could I could have all sorts by now if I'd have I could I should set that site up myself if there's demand for it <laughs> I mean if you could make money from it and only pose in underwear then go for yeah. it yeah why not Exactly. It wasn't like it wasn't Josh is like, like you guys <laughs> shut the fuck up. Yeah, he's like stop convincing her to do things because she will do this. <laughs> no. Yeah, would would you? Like just just as like a general question, would you ever consider like maybe selling photos if you didn't have to go fully nude? Yeah, I think so. Like, I think now I'm in a serious long-term relationship with two kids. It's a bit different. Uh, but we've always, we always talk quite openly about this stuff because I always have, like, crazy schemes anyway. But we was, we saw this thing the other day and it was like um, a text app. And literally you just text, like, you sext people and you get paid money for it. And we were both like, we'd do that. Oh, so it's a bit like the old chat lines. But yeah, you just... but it's just texting. So how easy is that? How much does it pay? Oh, yeah, I'll get in on that. Well, I think you have to get your own, like you have to get people to sign up, but you put like 
whatever photo and bio and and I don't know a sample of your finest work maybe and, <laughs> <laughs> and they and they sign up. Right. So a photo of Liam Hemsworth and then a cover letter that I wrote. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you'll be you'll be raking in the money definitely. <laughs> but we like literally we were both like yes we we do that why not? I mean, yeah, it's like selling like photos of your feet on the internet or something like that it doesn't bother me so why not make some money off it exactly if somebody that's the thing about devotees isn't it if somebody is going to like that and you've got that and you want to use you want to sell that then sell it i i think anyway yeah sometimes i think like if people have a fetishization for a certain thing if you're a person that possesses that thing that they want to fetishize, sometimes I think, well, just flip it like, and just take all their money. Yeah, exactly. I think it's I think it's all right to have a, a fetish fulfilled and, and find someone that fulfills that. But I think when it crosses into a weird territory is when you dehumanize the person that fulfills the fetish and they literally just become almost like an object. That's it. Like, you've hit the nail on the head, really, because, like... You know, somebody looking for a relationship that's a wheelchair user that might go to a devotee for sex would then not get a fulfilling relationship out of somebody mm. that just wanted to see them. Because, you know, so, some people, devotees of fetish... I can't say it's either. so hard to say. <laughs> you know that word. Um, <laughs> some people have sort of... They get off on, on seeing struggle and that's part of the fetish. So obviously, if your partner wants to see you struggle every day that's not a good relationship that's not having your best interests at no. heart that's not someone you can have a functional relationship with not really I don't think so I mean I've put out calls to get de- devotees on the show um, because I would love to like dive in and have someone be so open and honest about it as well because yeah. I think people do like talk around the subject and be like yeah but we're not all bad but I'd love to hear like the reasons behind it because it just fascinates me yeah it is really interesting, though. Mm. I love that they're called devotees. There's something about I that know. that just like. But also, like, yeah, worship me. So you should. Yeah, exactly. That's what I mean. It sounds so like reverent. Like. Exactly. But I want to know, as a pleasure rebel, how rebellious are you when it comes to sex? Oh my god! Are you like dangle me from the ceiling or? Well, it's funny you should say that. <laughs> Because a lot, you couldn't have picked a better phrase than by the way. Um, some disabled people use things called hoists, right? And they are like in America, they call them like Hoyer lifts. So, in case you've got like US listeners, so they are basically ours is a ceiling track one. So, it's got a big track across the ceiling and it looks kind of like a coat hanger coming down. And you put a harness onto it. So, this is for transferring. So, if you want to transfer from your chair to the bed or chair to the bath or things like that but a lot of the disabled community (laughs) have been taking back the hoists and making them sexy by turning them into sex swings because (gasps) they're exactly the same that's amazing yes and you know it is it's so funny because i feel like one person said oh actually i tried this and then everybody's like i do that too um (laughs) but like we only fact because i was quite shy about using a hoist before because it wasn't you know, it was never part of my condition because I didn't have to use one until after having kids. So I had my last kid and then I also broke my ankle. So I was completely like out, like from my normal function. And Josh was having to help me with the hoist, which I'd never let him do before. I just wasn't comfortable. I just felt like it looked really medical and it made me look really disabled, which is something that I think some days when you're on a down day that you struggle with. But the one day, like, he was hoisting me into my chair and helping me. And, like, yeah, we just had sex. And I was like, wow. So he thinks I look sexy 
dangling naked from the ceiling and then I was like wait of course he thinks I look sexy dangling naked from the ceiling um, but like in your head as a disabled person you're kind of like oh nobody will like this this is weird this isn't yeah. normal yeah. but then yeah after that it's yeah go for it then <laughs> but hold on so can you describe a bit more what it looks like because when you said coat hanger I was like <laughs> But yeah. then you said it was kind of like a sex swing, so there must be something attached to the coat hanger, like a strap. Yeah, so like. so imagine the coat hangers coming out of this box, and it goes up and down. So that's to like get you in and out, and then it can go across as well. So you've got like a harness, so you sit on it, and then it's got straps around your body, so it like so you it strap your yourself. Upper body upper and lower so okay. it's basically like a seat so it is kind of like exactly like a sex swing so you attach the seat to the coat hanger <laughs> <laughs> this is the box well <laughs> i'm like trying to, i'm trying to explain it but it is really complicated when you explain <laughs> it like i'm explaining it right, so okay. basically it's just a seat that that dangles from the ceiling um and you can move it backwards and forwards it's because it's on a track it's on, on a track ceiling, that's so it yeah yeah you can't see this, listeners, but I'm doing a backwards and forwards sensual and motion. Forward. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's on a track from the ceiling, but also some people do have portable ones as well that they can travel with. So it's just, yeah, it just suspends you in midair, basically, from moving you from one place to another. And it's electronic. Some of them are, and some of them are manual. So you could literally just, rather than anyone move during sex, you could just move it backwards and forwards. Yeah. <laughs> So it's like up, down, up, down. But it's not very <laughs> fast. Like, right. <laughs> it is. Yeah. yeah, we've tried that one. It's a bit like, yeah, it's not the same as like, <laughs> unfortunately, Josh still has to put in most of the work yeah. because otherwise we're going pretty slow. <laughs> That's for a lazy day session. Yeah. <laughs> a hangover day. A robotic session, <laughs> up, down. Yeah, no, but it, no, it definitely is. Like you can obviously then alter the height as well. So. So if you want to be a bit deeper or not so deep, it is, it's really good. I'd recommend. Ooh, you yeah. need to get a hoist. Yeah, well, I feel like giving it a go. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> break your leg and see what they can do. <laughs> Just demanding one at A&E. Yeah. <laughs> I was told I could uh, have a hoist. I could pick up a hoist. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so how do you think we can have better sex generally? Oh, I'm going to say something boring now and I really don't want to because of like... If you say intimacy, the show's over. I was going to say communication. <laughs> but I feel like, okay, in in the way of like my best sex has always been saying exactly what I want or having like getting the awkward convos out of the way at the start. So like... When I met Josh, it was literally like, we are going to fuck on my lunch break. I have one hour. You need to help me out of my chair. And then we're pretty much good to go. And then to get get all of that out the way first is so much better than to be like, oh, God, he doesn't know how to pick me up. He doesn't know I need this. And I don't know how he's going to move my legs. Or, you know, I pretty much said there's not really much pain. Just move me around as and when you want and then it's all gone then like all yeah. the all the like little niggles in your head that right. you kind of yeah. get distracted by yeah. they're all out of the window yeah. um so i always say like to my able body friends cuz they're so like oh how do i like how do we talk about this but literally i think there's an intimacy that comes with being in an interable relationship um because you have to talk about those things like i've said literally i broke my ankle i was dangling naked from the ceiling he see me like pee in a bucket like 
that there is no secrecy there is no privacy and I think sometimes that helps like the relationship and the sex because nothing embarrassing can happen and you've kind of talked about every eventuality and you just laugh about it like once we were trying to have sex on the sofa in the front room well it's like an armchair really actually and there's like um a little footstool in front of it josh was like i really want you to go on top on on the armchair and so like he i can't even remember how we went about it actually but like he put me on top of him and he was lying there on the armchair and then like the armchair arms were really close together so I had nowhere to put my legs down the side and we're just like this isn't going to work so he like shimmied out and then I fell flat onto the armchair leather leather armchair again and my face was just on leather and I was like oh, I can't breathe I can't <laughs> breathe and then he was like shit you're gonna die and just like tried to pull me out I can't even remember the point of this story now but it's entertaining <laughs> um, and yeah so like you know all of that stuff would be absolutely mortifying for maybe an able-bodied person that has like that kind of hiccup during sex and we hadn't even been together that long then um but we just like laughed about it and then carried on because it's just like this could only happen to us like yeah i think it's a really good point you make about just clearing the air before because yeah nothing ruins sex like not being able to focus on the task at hand yeah definitely agree with that (laughs) (laughs) yeah <laughs> Who's just walked into the room? <laughs> Patty and Selma. <laughs> yes, I think it's good that you can you can clear all that up, that stuff up first. And I think that applies for so many more things rather than just like your ability. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Like, like kinks and all that kind of stuff. I think if you're honest about it with someone from the outset, then you don't have to feel like you've got a secret or you yeah. know, like will he like me if I tell him that I'm uh, uh, into. Custard. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. Oh, Carrots. <laughs> yeah. No, it's true, though, because I think kinks, like, can be seen sometimes as, like, weird or bad. But, yeah. like, if you talk about them from the offset, one, that person knows what you like. But, two, if it's not for them, they get to say. Exactly. Yeah, and then, then they can decide if they're the person for you or not. Or, like, by speaking openly about it, you can find someone with the same kink, which is always fun. I agree. Yeah. <laughs> very, I wholeheartedly agree. It was, you said it very well. It was very wrapped up in a bow. I was like, yes. Yeah, correct. I got a nice little sound bite. <laughs> I was like, correct. Well done. <laughs> um, okay, so we're going to move on to some confessions for this episode. Yes. Um, I hope you're ready to get stuck in, Kelly. I'm are we really gonna, excited. Are we forgiving and not forgiving them on this one, or is it? Maybe we can just decide by case whether they need forgiving or not. Okay. Well, when I was younger, I wanted to be a nun. No joke, this is true. Oh. Yeah, so I could maybe do some kind of Now's forgiveness. Now's your chance. Yeah, I've been waiting <laughs> for this moment. You Throw want, your habit on. Yeah. Wanted to be a nun, but then realised how horny you were. Yeah. Like, no, maybe not. <laughs> definitely, yeah. definitely. So our first confession says, in lockdown, I had sex in my car on the seafront so people could watch walking by. Okay. I'm not really um, an exhibitionist like that, but have you ever, like, put yourself on show and then made it look like an accident? I feel like you have, James. (laughs) Oh, I've had sex on balconies all over the city. (laughs) No, but balconies is different because then you're kind of like, you're doing that for the experience. I had sex on the fire escape of my old dentist's office (laughs) as well. Right, but could people definitely see you? I was pretty sure because it was the middle of the day. 
Okay. <laughs> what What about you, Kelly? Have you ever like dropped your towel at oh, well, in I the feel changing like... room just so that? No, like my main one, like we've recently got a hot tub in the garden and all our neighbours are quite old. And um, yeah, we often wonder when they're out like trimming their bushes and stuff, if they can see us. But it's the middle of the day. The kids are at nursery. What are you going to do? I'm in a hot tub. You've got to go for it, haven't you? <laughs> are you going for it like know me? Like, <laughs> like showgirls. Oh. <laughs> Have you seen it? No, I haven't. I was just like, what? Oh, the infamous oh, pool fuck scene where she's oh. like, she's literally like thrashing around like, like a jaws. salmon, putting on a show. <laughs> no, I don't. I think I don't know. I should look at Josh for this one, but um, no, <laughs> I think so. Like you've got to enjoy it, haven't you? And I think as well, like water for me is great because I can do a lot in water as well. So it's definitely good. Hmm, yeah, I just don't know if I would really be like, are you okay? Yeah, I was just like thinking when he said I had sex on the seafront, I was like, where? Like Hastings or something? <laughs> yeah, like, I want to know where. Seagulls in sort of like low tide smell and... This is in my car on the seafront. Yeah, but it's still quite... Um, what I'm trying to imagine is like in the Sea Life Centre car park or something, you know? <laughs> was it an exotic location? Oh, you think about the Brighton Sea Life? <laughs> yeah, or something, something like, you know, something horrid like that, like old ladies eating cockles while they walk past and they can just see some sort of like white arse bumping up and down in the cut like <laughs> that's the image I'm getting <laughs> yeah well I don't think this person was really seeking forgiveness I think they were just um, just wanted to tell us but just being candid about their little kink yeah yeah well nice day at the beach <laughs> uh, the next person says they've been blowing other guys their entire relationship and then he puts I just get off on pleasuring other people on pleasuring other guys <laughs> But, but <laughs> I love how he puts, I just get off on it. Like, oh, it's really not my fault. Like, oh, I'm just a Sagittarius. I can't help it. I love cock. He sounds like a very selfless person trying to help a, <gasps> a lot of people. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Why don't you take that selfless attitude and apply it to a relationship? Yeah. How, yeah. How, pl- like, how pleased your boyfriend is about this. Yeah, exactly. Slut. <laughs> <laughs> Joking, not really. (laughs) Um, This person has sucked off so many Uber drivers that they call me the cocksucker in my hood. (laughs) I I love an Uber driver. I want to know what his passenger rating is. (laughs) (laughs) I I told you about the friend of mine that took an Uber driver home and then had sex with him and the Uber driver vomited out the window after they'd had sex. And then went back down, got in his car, and then charged him for the full journey. Well, the while the car had been sat out, yeah. You told me this story, but you made it out like your friend got sick. No, it was the driver. They had sex, and then the driver sort of, I think he was straight and had a wife and kids or something like that, and must have then sort of felt the weight of what he'd done. <sighs> got really, like, seasick and then vomited out the window. But he'd left, like, the meter running in the cat on the in the Uber. So he le- left him, jumped in the Uber, and then the like got a notification on his phone, my friend, that was like, that'll be... 50 quid. Wow. Seasick. What was he at the voyeur's car in Hayes? <laughs> <laughs> Nauseous is what I meant. Seasick. I'm, I'm all down for like getting your life with the, with the Uber drivers, if that's what you want to do. Yeah. But I just, it's the, it's the fact that everyone in the hood knows him as the, co- <laughs> the Uber cocksucker. I'm just, I don't know if that's an urban legend title I would want to take. <laughs> 
the uber cocksucker wow no i don't yeah i don't know how does he go about this either like how does he know they want their dick you've just got to say i want to sit in the front yeah is that a thing yeah and then you just like reach your hand over and be bold about it i've got a friend that's been banned from uber three times (laughs) as well because she was harassing the the drivers no i feel like you just you don't just reach over over and grab them that's very hashtag me too i feel <laughs> like you should just say like well if uh, the conversation is going like in the chat is going in the, the way that it's like leading on then you have to take the initiative as in what do you consent to me touching your penis and then grabbing them i don't think it really works like that when you're in a- <laughs> just be like did you know they call me the uber cocksucker <laughs> <laughs> and let it go from there <laughs> that's what i mean he's probably got word of mouth yeah. Literally. Literally. <laughs> I, I had another friend that did reach over and grab the Uber driver's uh, knee and he was like, can you please take your hand off of me now, please? And then pulled over and made him get out. So oh. it's a mixed bag. Yeah. Yeah, I would just be like really embarrassed. Why is Uber such a hotbed of sex, though? I don't understand what's <laughs> happening. What is it about those little Priuses? <laughs> <laughs> Gets everybody off. <laughs> no, I feel like it's got, it's got to be something deeper than that, hasn't there? I mean, people take obviously take Ubers when they're drunk or high, or which like encourages this kind of depraved behaviour. And that's a, that's a bit that's a bit. I guess as well, it's it? the thing of like you kind of know you're very unlikely to ever see that person ever again. In both parties, can be like, I'm never going to see this passenger again. I'm never going to see this driver again. So we might as well pull over in this lay-by and fuck. Mm. Wouldn't it be awkward though if then the next day you called an Uber and they came back? Hi again. <laughs> <laughs> you left me one star. <laughs> And also, why would you pull over in a layover? The seafront's right there. (laughs) (laughs) Well, if they were in an Uber, that meter would have been high. Well, funnily enough, we did have another one that said, I had sex with my Uber driver and he didn't end the trip, so I basically paid extra cash for him to have sex. Well, this is exactly what happened to my friend. (laughs) Maybe they're just really, like, trying to... Maybe they're not getting tipped enough. Yeah. They're trying to extend the ride. Maybe it's a scam. (laughs) <laughs> I the, feel like this is all the same person. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, have you found my G spot or did you take ways? <laughs> uh, so yeah, that person basically got an Uber escort. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe they need to set up a little side hustle. <laughs> yeah. They upgraded from a from Fiat a- to an escort. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that the name of a car as well? It is. Yeah. Okay, good. You you got it, babe. (laughs) Thank you, thank you. This guy is an OBGYN and he delivered a baby and the dad sucked me off the week before. Wow, that's that's one. (laughs) I was really worried about where that was going though as well. (laughs) I was thinking like I've had kids and I wouldn't fancy having sex after that so I hope it doesn't end that way. Yeah. (laughs) Well, even as, uh, when you got up to the pot when you said he sucked, I was like, what? No, what's he sucking like? <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, no, that is, that's interesting. Like, what would what would you be thinking when that person walked in? That is. I'd be thinking, oh, fuck's sake, why'd you bring your wife? It's only our second day. <laughs> <laughs> I'm joking, I'm for a second. <laughs> but honestly, that would just be so weird, wouldn't it? Imagine gosh no if you were the dad that would be hell if you use the OBGYN you would kind of be a bit smug like uh, yeah fuck that day off <laughs> <laughs> no James you said you wanted to bang a dead girl's 
Excuse me? Finish the <laughs> sentence. Finish the sentence. Oh no, sorry. A morning girl's dad. Yeah, well that was a that was a bit of a different kettle of fish though. It was because someone went over to their friend's house after she had recently lost her mother and then he Fuck had sex had sex with her dad. Right. Because okay. they were like shagging out the grief so, or something. So what, you'll bang when there's life leaving the world, but not when it's coming into it. <laughs> I just, I mean... I, I What's sexy about death, but not sexy about birth? I don't know. But I just, <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I was I'm giving him an asshole to cry on. Or, you know, like... Yeah. I just don't feel like being in the delivery room while a baby was being bored would bored, born suddenly be like... Do you know what? I really want to shag that dad as well. Should we nip <laughs> off to the broom closet for a nosh? Like, no, but that's why I feel like it's better that it's already done. Yeah, dealt with. You're like, oh, I've just seen your wife's vagina push out four kids. Should we <laughs> go to the broom cupboard? <laughs> <laughs> of the Sacred Heart Hospital? I mean, I'll happily, I'll happily, sh- I'll happily have sex with a man. I'd just rather than not have to do the whole OBGYN part afterwards. What, you don't want to deliver a baby afterwards? No, you know, I'm, I'm not even medically qualified, so <laughs> it's probably best I don't. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like we're at this point in the show now. I use my first hookup's cum as lube for my second hookup. Wow. That's hot. Economical. (laughs) It depends on the people involved, you know, if I fancied all of them. Oh, no. You're just Don't like, look at me like that. You're just like that soggy biscuit that everyone oh, comes to. I knew you were going to use that lie. expression as well, you nasty cow. <laughs> that everyone just jizzes on and then leaves. Look, cum is hot. So. I agree with that statement. Thank you. Yeah, I agree with that statement. Like, I don't know. Like you say, though, you don't know. Like, does the second person know about it? See, yeah, I would. It would be important. Everyone should be in on the game. Yeah, and if so, <laughs> and if they find that hot, then that's fine. Exactly, like, that's okay. But if they don't know, and it's like your little secret, then that's that's maybe not. Also, good. it's it has like sexual health implications as well. So yeah, that's true. I just like I just don't know if I can champion this. Uh, like I feel like if it was if it was maybe a case of like both of the people were at the same party mm-hmm. or you were, then I'm like okay fine. But if there's like a like a three hour overlay, oh I mean <laughs> don't let it sit there like congealing or yeah. something. You know it's got to be you know like he's going to finish and then the other one will be over within the next ten and they're both sort of briefed on the like. like is, yeah, is it still wet? Did it dry? Yeah, I was going to say, is it crispy yet? Right, the logistics are actually not as hot as the, it, what they were in my head, yeah. so... Yeah, that's what I mean, and then it, all the crust comes back out like you have anal dandruff. Oh, right, Anthony, <laughs> all right. <laughs> okay, sorry. Uh-oh. Anal dandruff. This is my favourite one. So just in case you thought we were going to end on a high note, we're going to go one note lower. Okay, go for it. Okay. Once while sucking a dick, I threw up and then ate it all back up, and he didn't even notice. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that's happened to like a lot of people though. Maybe not a full throw yeah. up, but like a little. I've and ate it to... back up. No, I've definitely oh. had to swallow it back down. <laughs> yeah, I've sw- yeah swallow it back down. Yeah, it depends. Where was the sick? I need to know the location. Was it, it was in like your all mouth? His stomach, and he was just eating <laughs> chunks like it was soup. <laughs> Slurping it back. <laughs> oh jeez. No, or even just like leaving like a couple like lumps of carrot at the base, and you've got to go back <laughs> down to get it. You know, like when they go like bobbing for stuff on Fear Factor. Yeah, <laughs> bobbing for carrot. 
You've got to like get it all back up, else he's gonna notice later when he finds like carrot down but there. Surely the smell, like puke's got a pretty unmistakable smell. Yeah. Like if you can smell when something's gone wrong back round the back, you'd probably be able to tell if something's come out of someone's mouth on your stomach, yeah. regardless of whether they'd eaten all the potato. <laughs> I feel like this person had a full roast before they were sucking. <laughs> Stew. <laughs> yeah, do you know what? It was something about the way they said they ate it all back up as if they were like having a second dinner. Yeah. Like, yeah. Gobbling it. Like. There with a spoon. <laughs> I mean, they, uh, they're like, oh, ooh, there's that chicken that I had earlier. I, I admire their commitment to... The segment the, of the show. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> or to just make it, ensuring that their partner didn't find out about it and it didn't ruin his enjoyment. That's a people pleaser. Yeah, another selfless person. <laughs> Lots of selfless people. But also, is it just them thinking that he didn't notice? They're like, well, this is <laughs> <laughs> Like, and they're just like laying there with their head back in their hands, like, mm, it feels so good. <laughs> oh my god! And then they're literally looking down. The person's eyes are all bloodshot. They're like mopping their mouth. Do you know what? Then in that case, they're both doing each other a kindness. Exactly. And it's probably mutually appreciated. Okay. Oh, we do have one more to end on that isn't as gross, but it's not that fun either. But right. this person had sex at a graveyard in a shed. And then people, <laughs> it was the shit bit. That yeah, like. that was confusing. And then people came to visit the grave, but they were in the shed, so all, you know, <laughs> it's all's well that ends well. Yeah, just come out like I'm the gardener. Yeah. <laughs> I'm here to lay the graves. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, I'm just about to hoe this corpse. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, that's quite fat. I've, I, you know, well, I. Probably like a shag in a cemetery. Mm, yeah, I'm just like not really seeing th- the appeal. I think that's to do with growing up being a Buffy fan, though. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Potentially. I mean, at least they weren't doing it on the grave when the relatives turned up. That would have been worse. <laughs> they were like, sorry, we just want to lay some flowers. Like, <laughs> yeah. I'll be done in a minute. <laughs> I'm that actually would be quite iconic. I'd be like, wait a minute, Beryl. I'm laying a rosebud. Beryl? <laughs> Okay, so we're going to round off the show today with the Fagony Yarn. Okay. We haven't had one of these in a while. Yeah. A while. (laughs) (laughs) This person who is a boy says, I've been with my boyfriend officially for five months and he seems to know everyone when we go out. Sometimes he introduces me, sometimes he doesn't. And a lot of the time he says he just knows these guys from going out clubbing. I don't want to feel jealous, but if these are guys that he's slept with, I also do feel a bit uncomfortable. What would you do? Mm, I've had this like with somebody before where they like, not only did they know people, but like the way they talked was different and the way they acted was different, like around the people as well. So it just kind of made me think, well, one, who are the people? And two, like, you know, do you actually know that person because of the way they're acting? You've not seen that sort of behavior before. Um, I'm going to be, I'm just going to say talk about it or, or just leave depending on how you feel. Um, 
bring it up I don't the trouble is though if you bring it up in a a way like it could just start especially if you're out and about it could just start like a drunk argument Mm. and nobody wants that kind of drama but like maybe another time and say like you know you seem to know all these guys but who are they should we do a role play yeah go on (laughs) okay you be the insecure boyfriend I be the slag okay (laughs) okay okay um I've seen that you've like you're speaking to all of these guys. Who are they? <laughs> oh, they're just friends, babe. You know, I know them from like going out on the gay scene and stuff. Okay, well, it makes me feel insecure when you talk to them, especially like in front of me and the way you're acting. I don't feel like I know you. But like, why are you being so insecure? Like, I just know them from the gay scene. Like, we've all got a past. Yeah. See, it just doesn't work, does it? It's really tricky. This is. I mean, for me, the my response would be get over it because I think. Everyone has a past. That's true. And if you're going to if you're going to feel insecure every time your boyfriend is interacting with someone that you believe he slept with, you're in for a hard old life. Well, yeah, that's right. And I just think it's also quite it can be quite a toxic thing to expect your boyfriend to cut communication with anyone he's ever had any kind of like sexual interaction with. Yeah. I, I think it's also really unrealistic. Yeah, you should if it is a problem, talk about it, but I don't think you should be saying why are you talking to all these people and how do you know them? And if you do know them sexually, there's a problem for me because mm. actually it's it's more of a problem for them. that, mm. that It's their problem that they they feel threatened by the fact that their boyfriend has had sex with other people. Yeah, it's a trust thing, isn't it, within yourself? And if you don't have that, then you're not going to have like a relation, like a long-term relationship without issues if you yeah. don't have that trust there. It is definitely difficult because I, I feel for people that, like feel uncomfortable in those situations but it might just be like a really charismatic person that that gets on with a lot of people as well and like I'm guilty of this like obviously I've got certain experience but then like you kind of think I want my partner to be like I don't want them to have ever had sex with anybody else and it's unrealistic Mm -hmm. like you you're net like you're rarely gonna meet somebody and you're starting from zero and they've never had even an emotional connection with somebody before. Yeah. So yeah, it is unrealistic and I understand what you're saying. I get I get both sides of this really. I think it's hard to say without knowing specifically how the boyfriend behaves when mm. there's other people yeah. there. Like if the boyfriend is not introducing him to people, then I would be a bit like, Oh well, why are you not introducing oh, him to yeah, people? Oh yeah, of course. Well? If he's yeah. being like dismissive and the the, the the partner is being left hung off, hanging off to the side and stuff, then that's a completely different kettle of fish because actually they're just not being accommodating to their partner. They're not bringing them into their lives. Mm. That's a weird thing to do. You know, if I was out with a boyfriend and someone I knew that I'd slept with but was also still friendly with was there and came up and said hello, I would introduce them. Mm. And you don't have to explicitly be like, by the way, we fucked. <laughs> but, you know, like the likelihood is two attractive people that know each other that are like, they, maybe they don't see or haven't known, haven't met them as a day-to-day friend, probably have had sex. So, yeah. you know. See, I don't know if I agree with this because I don't really stay, like, not that I don't stay friends with people, but, like, people that I've slept with, if I'm walking past them on the street with my new partner, you'll get a wave, Max. Mm. Like, don't, don't come, like, over here bringing, bringing our, our old history up in my current present. <laughs> oh, no, I see, like, half of, well, most of my friends are people I've slept with. And even people I've like just hooked up with, I I don't like doing that thing. Like I like to be polite, and you know, if I've had sex with someone, chances are like I liked them enough to have a connection with them. So I don't want to pie them off in the street. Mm. 
Mm, I get what you mean, but and if, if, my, if the person I'm with asks, I would always be honest and say, "Oh yeah, we we slept together a few years ago." Like I'm, I'm I would always be upfront with stuff like that. If someone asks, obviously they care enough to ask, and I wouldn't want to leave them hanging and be like, "Oh, just know I'm from around," because mm. that would just breed more insecurity. Yeah. You've got to be fair as well. Like, if you wouldn't like that person asking you that question, then you can't really be yeah. hypocritical and ask them that question, you know? Like, it's got to be fair both ways. You've got to be able to understand everyone has that past. And, and if you don't want somebody in your business, then kind of don't get in there sort of thing. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think it's a fair point to say maybe start with, like, the the communication and just generally ask like if there's somebody who you feel that he was acting a bit shady with yeah then maybe ask about that particular person mm. but don't let that spread to paint a blank canvas of him being a gigolo or something yeah <laughs> yeah him like sleeping around with all of these people yeah but also if he has slept around with all of these people that's also not a problem but then like like don't stop and talk to every single one of them mm. Do you know what I mean? If you fuck 200 people, don't say hello to every single one of them <laughs> while you're at what is this? A par- you your- like a, You're making out like it's a parade of people waiting to shake his hand as he walks down the street. Like, Have you been to so Soho happy I, So Pride? happy I took your dick. Like, <laughs> Yeah. Have you not bumped into 200 people you've slept with at Pride? Yeah, but that's why I always dump someone before I go to Pride. <laughs> oh. <laughs> that's jokish. <laughs> You're supposed to be proud of that. (laughs) (laughs) Gay rights. (laughs) Gay wrongs. So, yeah, I'm not really... This is a difficult issue to... like. I'm trying to like summarise this for the person. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like meet in the middle, compromise kind of thing. Do you know what I mean? Like ask him, but also don't let your jealousy get the better of you. Yeah, communication, like what you said before. Yeah, and be fair about it. And also take their word as like... At face value, because I think that people try and look into things yeah. and think, oh, they're making that up or whatever. But take it at face value until you're proven wrong. Yeah. Don't almost think straight away that he's doing something that he's not. Yeah. But also, if he's being vague, like, ditch him. If there's yeah. other behaviours as well that are leading you to feel more suspicious, you know, like, they're doing other things other than talking to people when you go out, then... Maybe you you're a little bit more justified in feeling a bit suspicious, but oh wait, I got it. I know the solution. Snoop through his phone. Ew! No. I, <laughs> I thought that was what you were going to say. I was like, that's not healthy. No, just fuck loads of people and then <laughs> know all of the people that he knows when you go out together and be like, oh, you know Sean? Yeah, I know Sean. <laughs> just have a load of threesomes. <laughs> Maybe that's not what they want. Tough tea. <laughs> that's the solution there we go I've given it to you you can take it or leave it I just think like fuck your way to the best solution you can do it it's good advice so yours is communication ours are just fuck everyone after threesomes. fuck your way through the fuck problem fuck 200 people and start your own queue for a handshake <laughs> right there's some words of wisdom for us to end on definitely we're coming towards the end of the show today. Guys, thank you for listening. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you for coming, Kelly. Thank you, no Kelly, for problem. coming, not you, James. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely enjoyed myself and the Prosecco. Thank you very much, guys. Sorry it was a little bit warm. It's all right. Any Prosecco will do. It's fine. They're the standards in Tottenham, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> so we'll be back next time with some more confessions. And before we go, Kelly, have you got anything? Obviously, you are doing this Pleasure Rebels podcast. Bulls, yes. Yes. 
Everyone can find us on at Pleasure Rebels on all of those social media platforms. Um, but obviously follow the brand as well. So Hot Octopus are the, well, they own the show, Pleasure Rebels, um, and they kindly took me on as host. Um, if anybody wants to try any of the Hot Octopus toys, they can use my code, which is Rebel20, and Ooh, get I might some give discount. That a go, actually. Uh, actually, I don't think you can do that on my show because we have Hot Octopus that sponsor us. I know, yeah, that's a good point. Well, use yeah. both codes, see what happens. I don't know. I'll have a word with the boss. <laughs> <laughs> I want I want a hot octopus orgasm. You get two, use it one code for each. <laughs> uh yeah, and what's your do you want your to give yeah, your personal so socials? My my socials are at Miss Kelgy, which is M S Kel and then G E E. So they can find me, but they'll find me through all that, all those places as well. Lovely. And if you want to join our conversation at Cocktails Cock Talk, at Cocktails Confessions. And I'm at Shalay Slays. And I am at I am Dom Top. Thank you. Moving on. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to change that handle. Yeah, I think you should. 